Colossians 1, 15 to 20 something um, about seven weeks ago. Oh, more than that, about 12 weeks ago. We're not preaching on it again, but it's such a great passage that we had to read it first. Um, we're going to be jumping all through the Bible uh, today. So if you've got your Bible, keep it open with you. Let's just pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are our peace and that your love does stretch from horizon to horizon and even to us. Lord, I pray that as we uh, discover what you have to say to us about peace this morning and over the next coming weeks, Lord, that, that you would just help us to really soak it in. Lord, that we would, would have open hearts and open minds. Holy Spirit, that you would speak through my words this morning. Amen. The time has come for me to reorganize my life. I cry out for my life and my peace. I cannot adjust my life to secure any fruitful peace. Here I am at 64, still seeking peace. It is a hopeless dream. Those are the words of um, th that great um, writer of um, the time machine and other stories, the the philosopher H.G. Wells. And I suspect that there are many people today and in his day who would wholeheartedly cry out with H.G. Wells that, that, that peace in the world and inner peace seems like a hopeless dream. And yet, and yet, it's a dream which we keep on dreaming. We keep on longing for peace. We, we long for peace between countries. Last night on uh, the BBC I heard that North Korea is uh, threatening nuclear war if uh, the South Koreans and the Americans don't um, call off war games in the Gulf there. I long for peace in that situation. Maybe closer to home we, we long for peace in our personal relationships the conflicts that we have with family, friends, loved ones, colleagues at work maybe. Closer still to ourselves, maybe we long for peace within. A sense of rest, a, a sense of peace. Over the years, there have been lots of people with lots of ideas about how we can bring peace to this world of ours. On, on the front of your bulletin, um, you'll see a map, which is very impressive in color, but not so much in black and white. Um, basically, the darker a country is, the more they reckon there is no peace. And they've got a whole list of hundreds of things which, which if you can only do this stuff, there will be peace across the world. I mean, some formulas for peace are optimistic, to say the best. I, I long for peace between Israel and Palestine, but I think it's optimistic that they'll just sit down and be able to discuss it away. Some ideas for peace are inspiring, some are just ridiculous. But I'd like to suggest this morning that any 
plan to, to make the world a peaceful place, to make peace within ourselves, is, is doomed to failure. I mean, they might have short-term positive effects, but, but in the long term, no human plan to provide peace can prevail. I mean, at best, our world comes up with band-aid solutions to the problem of, of, of a lack of peace. I mean, the reality is that, that, that conflict is like a gaping wound in our, in our collective side of humanity. I mean, God says something like that in, uh, in Jeremiah. Uh, turn with me if you've got to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14. God says about uh, the people back in, um, in Israel, and, and I think this applies to us as well. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. In case you haven't picked up on it already this morning, we're starting a new series on peace. And it's a new thing for me. We're actually doing a campaign where, where the sermons on the Sunday are linked in with the Bible studies during the week. Um, Again, highly encourage all of you to, to make your way to a Bible study. There's uh, on a Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night music group, you can come to that, uh, alternate Thursday night and Friday night. So make every effort to come along to that uh, if you could. Because over the next few weeks what we're going to be doing is working through the only true answer to peace the only true offer of peace, the only solution that works. And we'll be asking ourselves how God's peace plays out in our own lives and, and how God's peace can play out through our lives to others and to the world at large. And, and this morning what I want to do is just have a brief overview of, of God's solution of peace. And I want to make five key points which, which I think summarize the solution that God offers us. And the first thing I want to suggest to us is that, that, that peace is absolutely a priority for God. Last week, um, we saw as we looked through that, that jagged line of, of Genesis 1 through 11, just how brilliantly gracious God is for us. We, we saw how when humanity rebelled against God, God kept turning around and saying, I still love you and I will show my grace to you. And I think the reason God did that and the reason God does that is because right from the get-go, God has been into putting right what we set wrong. God has always been about forgiving, about showing His love, about reconciling us to Himself and, and bringing peace to that relationship that we have with Him and and the side effect of that, bringing peace to the whole of creation and to our relationships with each other. But for me, the thing which really shows how, how important peace is to God is, is who God sent to bring peace. We, we heard a bit of that in Colossians, but turn with me if you've got your Bibles to, to Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, it's difficult to turn pages with cold fingers, isn't it? Hebrews chapter 1, just the first three verses here. In the past, 
God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. The Son, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I just love that opening to Hebrews. I mean, do you hear what he's saying? In the past, God sent messengers with his, his offer of, of peace, his, the good news that he was coming to bring peace, but, but, but peace itself, forgiveness, uh, purification for our sins. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's come through Jesus Christ. The very Son of God, says Hebrews. And, and it's, so, it's such a big thing that, that God didn't just send a messenger. God didn't just send one of His, his servants. Um, we, we see, if you look through the rest of Hebrews 1, it's not just an angel that came. When God says, I want to make peace, God Himself comes down and walks on this world with us. And he, and he steps in and He says, I want peace with you so much that I will walk this road, this path, this humanity with you. And 1 Peter 1.20 tells us that, that this is actually something that God planned before the creation of the world. I mean, doesn't that tell you how important peace is to God that before you or I were created, before there was dust, God already said, I will make peace with them. I will bring forgiveness to them. And the thing is, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, of the great peacemaker, of the Prince of Peace, if we are children of the God who values and prioritizes peace so much, shouldn't we also be peacemakers? Shouldn't we also be people who introduce others to, to God's peace, who, who model the peace of God to those around us? Yet how many of us have come in the past, maybe even today to church, and we worship the great peacemaker who has made peace between God and, and us, and yet we're in conflict. And yet we're in conflict. And, I mean, do you see the disconnect there? Do you, do you see the irony that, that we are worshipping the great peacemaker and we so often are in conflict? Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 23 to 24. says, Jesus, if you are offering your gift at the altar, if you've come to worship God, and you there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. That's a priority of peace. That God says, stop worshipping me and, and be a peacemaker. Because otherwise you're making a joke 
of your worship. See, peace is a priority for God and His challenge for us is that it be a priority in our own lives. And, and that's the first key to godly peace. Making peace a priority. The second key is that peace has a cost. It's expensive. I mean, just, just think what it cost God to make peace with you. How Jesus Christ entered the world as a helpless baby. How we walked through the dust that He had spoken into existence. How He suffered at the hands of His most precious creation. How God Himself was mocked and beaten and tortured and eventually agonizingly hung on a cross to die. When that's the cost that God paid so that you and I could have peace with Him. So, so that our conflict with God, our rebellion, our, our telling Him to, to go far, far away from us, that, that's the cost that He paid to bring us back to Him. And He paid that price because of His great love for us. We've sung about His love. I like how John puts it in in his letter, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verses, sorry, I lie, 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 to 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. Again, if if we are followers of the great peacemaker who who poured out His love for us so that we could have peace with Him, then, then God says to us, I would have you be lovers of each other. And it's the same kind of love, that, that nitty gritty, real, hard, costly kind of love. Love that is willing to pay any price just so that there could be reconciliation and peace. I mean, Jesus paid the ultimate price, His own life, to make peace. A couple of months back, one of my friends put on a, a Facebook post. Oh, join the Comfort Baptist Facebook page. It's great. One of my friends put on a Facebook post and he, he thought he was being really clever and he said, love is cheaper than war. And he's right, uh, economically it's, it's cheaper to love. But as Jason pointed out, we've, it's not just all economics. Love comes with a cost. Being an, a, a peacemaker can be an expensive, expensive business. 
And the question I have to ask myself and we have to ask ourselves is, is do we love one another as much as Christ loves us? And do we love those who are in conflict with us as much as Christ loved us? Or is the price just too high? Ephesians 4.23, Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ, as in Christ God forgave you. But what about that person who's done such a terrible, terrible thing to you? What about that person who has gossiped about you behind your back? What about that person who has slandered you or, or hurt you or, or abused you or, or, or whatever? They've, they've done something so terrible to you and you just don't want to it's too much it's too much I can't afford that what price would we be willing to pay for forgiveness for peace I mean the price that Jesus paid is so big I I don't think we'll ever really be able to take it in how, how big a thing that was. But his invitation to us as followers of the great peacemaker is to be peacemakers ourselves, is to overflow with his kind of love. And it does sound nice, but it does sound so often like, like it's too much. And somebody has hurt us so badly and, and punched us in the proverbial gut too many times. Reconciliation is just a pipe dream for us sometimes. Which is where my, my third point comes in. If we are to be godly peacemakers, we need an ally. We can't do it by ourselves. We, we need somebody who's got love to spare, who can walk with us, who can pour His love into us and, and, and have that overflow out of us. We, we need the great peacemaker because we, we cannot resolve our own conflicts. We, I mean, our, our feelings and, and our egos are too easily bruised and, and so often we don't want to have peace. But what we need is God who says, I will come and I will live in you and I will make peace through you by my power. And Paul says it in, in Philippians 2.13 that, that it is God who works in us to will and to act according to His good purposes. Because without God working in us, there can be no real peace. We, we just don't have what it takes. Because ultimately, real peace is that it's very core at, at the center, Jesus Christ and the cross on which He died. And, and I think our reading this morning, Colossians 1, really sums it up. Listen to verse 19 to 20. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. 
it all comes back to the cross. You know, I, I, I could have peace on earth tomorrow if somehow I could have everybody on earth believing in Jesus Christ and committed to Him. Because you know, it's at the cross that Jesus Christ made peace for us and it's at the cross where Jesus invites us to be members of His kingdom of peace. And, and, and may I suggest... No, not may I suggest, I will suggest that if we want to be peacemakers, we need to spend time gazing at the cross and, and meditating on the cross and, and thinking about the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us. Because, I mean, all, all of the best ideas that we can come up for peacemaking, without Jesus, uh, it's a waste of space. And we can have all of the principles and the theory and everything down, but unless Jesus stands at the center, there can be no lasting peace. Because the cross and the blood of Christ is the only firm foundation for peace. Peace is a priority for God. Expensive. We need an ally. The cross is at the center. And it's for eternity. And that's the message of the cross, isn't it? That that Jesus died and rose again so that we can be 100% right with God that we could have life everlasting. And, and, and right now, our, our role as Christians is to share this good news of peace that has come through Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul puts it, I think, very well in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 says Paul to us, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, All this is from God who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ. He's made peace and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, of being peacemakers. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. When we've received peace from God and God then turns around and says, now take that and share it. Take that and act as an ambassador for me. You know, when we are the kind of people that that make peace, when we are the kind of people that that show forgiveness and, and practice restoring broken relationships, really what we are doing is giving people this, this little glimpse, this, this little taste of, of the great peacemaker himself. I mean, our lives and our actions just, just reflect a tiny bit of what God himself has done. I mean, our world is so desperate for peace. 
We heard from Jason about people living in poverty who need peace. Told us also that we've we've got people here who need peace. And yet we're surrounded by conflict. Nation to nation, person to person. Conflict between ourselves and God, between ourselves and each other. And we look to the cross. And I ask myself, how am I going to respond? When I myself find myself in conflict, how am I going to act? Am I going to give up? Am I going to enjoy being bitter for a while? Or am I going to see it as an opportunity? A chance to demonstrate, even just in a tiny way, the one true solution that this world so desperately needs. Priority. It's expensive, so we need an ally. cross is the answer from here to eternity. Amen.